Hello, this is Tushta Krishna Das, and you're listening to ISKCON Denver podcast, where you can hear all of our classes and kirtans. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share with others. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories, all glories to Shishi Guru and Gauranga. All glories to Shri Prabhupada. Will we be able to have that one? Yeah, I think so. Jai Guru Jai Guru Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So today we are reading from Canto 3, Chapter 33, entitled Activities of Kapila, chap, uh, Text 12. Maitreya Uvacha, Iti Pradarshya Bhagavan, Satim Tam Atmanogatim, Svamatra Brahma Vadinya, Kapilo Nimato Yayo, Maitreya Uvacha, Iti Pradarshya Bhagavan, Satim Tam Atmanogatim. Svamatra Brahma Vadinya Kapilo Numato Yayo Maitreya Uvacha Iti Pradarshya Bhagavan Satim Tamatmanogatim Svamatra Brahma Vadinya Kapilo Numato Yayo Brahma Vadinya 
Pipivo numato yo, Maitreo vacha, Nitipra darsha bhagavan, Satim tamatmano katim, Svamatra brahma vadinya, Kapilo numato yo. Darsha Bhagavan Iti thus, Pradarsya, after instructing, Bhagavan, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Satim, Venerable, Tam, that, Atmanaha, of self-realization, Gatim path, Svamatra, from his mother, Brahmavadinya, self-realized, Kapila, Lord Kapila, Anumata, took permission, Yayo, left. Translation in purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Translation, Sri Maitreya said, The Supreme Personality of Godhead Kapila, after instructing his beloved mother, took permission from her and left his home, his mission having been fulfilled. Purport. The mission of the appearance of the Supreme Personality of Godhead in the form of Kapila was to distribute the transcendental knowledge of Sankhya philosophy which is full of devotional service. Having imparted that knowledge to his mother and through his mother to the world, Kapila Dev had no more need to stay at home so he took permission from his mother and left. Apparently, he left home for spiritual realization, although he had nothing to realize spiritually because he himself in the person to, is, is the person to be spiritually realized. Therefore, this is an example set by the Supreme Personality of Godhead while acting like an ordinary human being so that others might learn from him. He could, of course, have stayed with his mother, but he indicated that there is no need to stay with the family. It is best to remain alone as a brahmachari, sannyasi or vanaprast, and cultivate Krishna consciousness throughout one's whole life. Those who are unable to remain alone are given license to live in household life with wife and children, not for sense gratification, but for cultivation of Krishna consciousness. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Om Gyanatimadandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Chakshuran Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurve Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupakadama Yam Dadati Swapadantikam Vanchakopa Trubias Chakrupas and Dubiavacha Patitanam Pavanebio Vaishnavabio Namona Maha Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Shivasari Gauda Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare <coughs> So I first ask the blessings of the assembled Vaishnavas and Vaishnavis, that I may be able to speak properly on the Gaudiya Vaishnava Siddhanta, 
was given to us by Srila Prabhupada. And I sincerely pray that I can say something to make us go deeper into our spiritual lives today. So, in this verse, Maitreya Rishi, he's speaking about how Lord Kapila has left home after taking permission from his mother because his mission was fulfilled. And what was the mis- mission of Kapila? That's full with bhakti, devotional service. So his mission was to distribute the transcendental knowledge of Sankhya philosophy, which is full of devotional service. And in chapter 26 of the third canto, Lord Kapila himself explains the, you could say, palashruti, the fruit of hearing and learning Sankhya philosophy. When there's three aspects, um, or three fruits that one gains from hearing the Sankhya philosophy, the first one is vimucheta prakritar gunai, freedom from the three modes of material nature. Right? The three modes of material nature are like ropes that bind us to this material world. And so by Sankhya philosophy, we're able to determine the difference between matter and spirit and realize the influence of the three modes of material nature. We even hear the explanation of how the three modes of material nature manifest the whole creation through the false ego. The second fruit is atma-darshanam, seeing the self, darshan, seeing the atma. And Srila Prabhupada and Aracharyas always talk about how one can actually see themselves by seeing Krishna. So Sankhya philosophy talks about how we're not this material body. We're not the subtle mind, intelligence, false ego. We're the spirit soul, separate from matter. And what is our relationship to this world? What is our relationship to God, to Krishna? It's all explained there. So you're able to see who you really are through the Sankhya philosophy. And then finally, the third one is Hridaya Granti Bedanam. Clearing out the heart uh, of all the knots that are within the heart. And this is manifested in so many ways. Anarta, those things that are unwanted are filling the hearts. And we have this tight knot of attachment to this material existence. Even later on, fifth canto explains that tight knot of attraction to material nature. And it manifests in so many ways of ahamma meti, I and mine, right? I am this material body. I am this mind. I own this. I own that. It's me, me, I, I, mine, mine. But all of that is cleared away through Sankhya philosophy. Specifically, the Sankhya philosophy, which is taught by Lord Kapiladev. So we hear how the transcendental knowledge of Sankhya philosophy, which is full of devotional service. So there is the other Sankhya darshan, Sankhya philosophy, which is propounded by an atheistic Kapila. So there's Kapila, personality of Godhead, and there's the atheistic Kapila, who teaches an atheistic Sankhya philosophy. And in Srila Vyasadeva's Vedanta Sutras, Brahma Sutras, <coughs> in the second Adhyaya, in the first Pada, so the second section, the first chapter, Srila Vyasadeva goes forth defeating the different philosophies of Sankhya, Yoga, Vaisheshika, um, yo- um, uh, nyaya and uh, yoga. So these different philosophies that are defeated by 
Vyasadeva, he actually starts off with Sankhya, philosophy. And he makes the point in Brahma Sutras that by defeating Sankhya, all the other philosophies become useless compared to Vedanta philosophy or Vedanta darshan or Bhakti yoga. Now, why is Sankhya, how is Sankhya defeated by Srila Vyasadeva? He first starts talking about Sankhya Smriti, which is an interesting point because we don't actually have any writings from the atheistic Kapila. Those Sankhya Sutras are not around anymore. What Sankhya philosophers use is a book by Ishvara Krishna called Sankhya Karika, Baladev, Srila Baladev Vidyabhushana, in his Govinda Bhashya, he actually uh, quotes different sutras from the Sankhya Karika, showing how the Sankhya Karika contradicts that which is given in Vedanta, which is given in the Vedas, which is given in the scriptures. And so he first points out that if you try to show that Sankhya Smriti is the bona fide scriptures, Smriti, then it makes the other scriptures useless. So in Baladevidya Bhushana in Govinda Bhashya, he quotes going through how everything comes from the Pradhan for the Sankhya, atheistic Sankhya philosophers. They don't even, and they, they say that this Pradhan is also Brahman, but it's all material. Everything is coming from the material nature rather than even the spiritual Brahman. They claim that the jiva is everywhere. It's all pervasive. The jiva is as pervasive as Brahman. Each jiva is completely pervasive. So they have so many things that are written down in the Sankhya Karika that contradicts what's already been given in Vedas and also other scriptures. So we don't have to spend so much more time on that. It's just interesting to know that Srila Vyasadeva goes forth through the different darshans, different philosophies, and shows the contradictory nature of those philosophies. So we should understand that the Sankhya philosophy, which is given by Kapila, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and if somebody says, well, Srimad Bhagavatam is the scripture that's giving the Sankhya philosophy, which is full of devotional service, Srila Baladeva Vidyabhushana goes through Padma Purana and so many other Puranas and so many other scriptures showing how there is the personality of Godhead Kapila mentioned long, long ago. So it's not something new made up by the Bhakti yogis to defeat Sankhya philosophy. So, he gave a Sankhya philosophy. We heard about the fruits of what it does. And having imparted that knowledge to his mother, he had no need to stay home, so he took permission from his mother and left. Apparently, he left home for spiritual realization, although he had nothing to realize spiritually because he himself is the person to be spiritually realized. And it says that, this is an example set by the Supreme Personality of Godhead while acting like an ordinary human being so that others might learn from him. Oh, say that again? Do you want to say it? Oh, microphone is not charged yet. Oh, you want to get the microphone? So Bhakti Nate, just to repeat what he said for those on Facebook, he quoted from 322 Bhagavad Gita. I don't remember the full English, but you can look up Bhagavad Gita 322. 
So I was thinking, well, there's a concept, a statement that's stated by theologians and other mystics on how God becomes man so that man can become godly. And this is called apotheosis in, uh, I think, Latin. But apotheosis, where the divinization of mankind. And so God himself comes down and shows how man should learn about devotional service. So in the purport, this is an example set by the Supreme Personality of Godhead while acting like an ordinary human being so that others might learn from him. And on Sunday we talked about Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Radha and Krishna themselves coming in the form of Lord Chaitanya. Srila Prabhupada gives the example of how a teacher will write A, B, C. The teacher knows how to read, knows so many different things, but he's acting in a simple way to teach those who do not yet know the simple alphabet. And in the same way, the Lord, Avatar, comes down to this material world in so many different forms, but here he's acting like an ordinary human being. Right? Lord Ram also came in human form, Krishna, Balaram, Parasharam. There's so many ways that the Supreme Personality of Godhead manifested himself in this world to show humans what is devotional service, how to follow the principles of spiritual life, how to make yourself divine to go back home, back to Godhead. And I thought an interesting area to explore for ourselves to go deeper into our own bhakti yoga process, this idea of apotheosis, God becoming man so that man can become godly. There's two aspects of it. This comes from the uh, Eastern Orthodox Church. So Rasika Shiromani, wherever you are, you would very much appreciate this. But there's two aspects of this apotheosis. There's catharsis and there's theoria. So catharsis, purging material mundane emotions. And I was meditating on how Uddhava Sandesh Prabhu on Saturday evening was talking about his love for reading Ramayana. There's so many battle scenes. Samyapras Prabhu brought up Vrahadev and the battle between Hiranyaksha. And there's a cathartic experience reading Mahabharata, Ramayana, hearing about all these battles. I'm not a kshatriya. <laughs> I've never actually been in a fight in my entire life. You know, wrestling here and there, but not like a serious fight. But when you read those pastimes, you know, you like that. <laughs> those emotions come up. And reading Srimad Bhagavatam, reading Charitamrita, Chaitanya Charitamrita, there's so many emotions that come up. Lolita was telling me her experience of meditating on certain pastimes and how it brings up, you know, the uh, pastime of Krishna teasing Rukmini. You know, how it's like from like a husband manly kind of, you know, aspect, Krishna's like teasing Rukmini, but for the wife, it's like really heartbreaking that Krishna's like, why did you choose me? You know, I, you could have chosen so many other kings and why are you with the Rukmini's crying and heartbroken and it's a whole cathartic experience so in our own spiritual life we see how bhakti yoga a devotional service it gives us so many cathartic experiences that we're not just trying to become impersonal push down our emotions push down all these experiences but that's the beauty of bhakti yoga is that the spiritual life is full of so many varieties. Right? Variety is the mother of all enjoyment. And in our own day-to-day -day readings and meditations, we're able to have all these cathartic experiences, purge out these mundane emotions, and that's ultimately what rasa 
is, is that we're purging out all these mundane emotions and experiencing all these spiritual emotions. And that will purify, purify, purify until we actually go back to Atma Darshanam, realize who we truly are as spiritual uh, persons and what our relationship with Krishna, and then that relationship is solidified in a certain type of rasa. And theoria, contemplation on the Lord. And this is going on throughout our whole day through chanting the holy names, coming to the temple, meditating on the form of the Lord, meditating on Shastra, learning different verses, learning philosophy, or contemplating even outside. We can, you know, rasoham mapsukhaunteya prabhasmi shasisuryaya. You know, every time we drink a glass of water, every time we taste water, we thank Krishna for giving us this water. We realize how he's the sun and the moon, the syllable om and the Vedic mantras. And we're able to perceive Krishna everywhere and contemplate Krishna goes into that contemplative lifestyle. That's especially, you know, as brahmachari, it's leading that contemplative life of, you know, selfless service and really diving into spiritual philosophy. So contemplating the Lord. So by these two ways, one is able to get the true vision of the Lord and then become godly, become divine, so that you can establish your relationship with Krishna. And Srila Prabhupada goes on to talk about the ashrams, brahmachari, grihasta, vanaprasanyas, living alone to cultivate Krishna consciousness, or those who are unable to remain alone, given license to live in household life with wife and children, not for sense gratification, but for cultivation of Krishna consciousness. And we see even in the history of ISKCON itself, how Srila Prabhupada had so many brahmacharis, so many sannyasis preaching, but even the grihastas, right? when we read the biographies of certain devotees, like Shamasundar Prabhu, and uh, Yamuna Devi and so many others on how they were married and yet Srila Prabhupada sent them to London to preach. And reading about, um, I was reading last night about Jadarani and Satsvarup Das Maharaj, uh, Das Goswami getting married. Srila Prabhupada was pushing them, preach, here's Boston. Now, you know, take care of the Boston temple and preach and preach and preach and live a life not for sense gratification but for cultivation of Krishna consciousness. So Srila Prabhupada showed us through the examples of these grihasta devotees how whether you're brahmachari, whether you're grihasta, vanapras sannyasi, Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur says grihe tako, vane tako, whether you're living in a house, whether you're living in the forest, chant the holy names, realize Krishna consciousness. And I was meditating on how no matter what ashram we're in, whether you're brahmachari, sannyasi, grihastavanaprast, we all have to do the same inner work. Right? The externals will obviously be different on how we relate to certain personalities within the society, how we move in the society, what's going to be best for our spiritual lives. The externals will be different, but still that inner work will have to be done in Narta Navriti. And um, I was reading um, a really nice book called uh, God in Search of Man by Abraham Joshua Heschel, who's this Jewish mystic. Who, um, I posted a quote from him yesterday talking about secular um, pointing the finger at secularism and science and, and showing the decline of religion, but actually religion declines due to it becoming less compassionate, due to it being an heirloom, right? You're just, you're not really diving into the essence of 
religious life, of spiritual life, it becomes very dry. It, it's no longer this like living fountain giving us nourishment. And he points out two things that I thought is really nice to meditate on for all of us. He says there's two aspects to really diving deep into spiritual life. Self-clarification and self-examination. So what does self-clarification mean? Is that daily we have to go for, we have to go through, what am I doing? What is Krishna consciousness? What is spiritual life? What are the ultimate aims of Krishna consciousness? What's the philosophy? What am I practicing? And self-examination is, do I actually believe what I'm practicing? What is my understanding of God? Is God just a symbol to me? Am I really understanding who Krishna is? Am I diving deep into really understanding what I'm doing when I chant the holy name? Is there firm conviction? Or is it just kind of this airy kind of faith, weak faith? So this self-clarification, self-examination, it goes on daily with most devotees. Right? And that's the beauty of reading Srila Prabhupada's books. Diving really deep into the philosophy. And Srila Prabhupada, he's constantly, through his purports, explaining what we are doing and why we are doing it. And then our spiritual life is a living force. Krishna's real to us. Not just, oh, I'm going to chant, kind of lackadaisically go through out the day and you know, that will happen in our spiritual lives. It's just the nature of the human experience. But then there's always going to be those things that really rock the boat, that really test our faith. We're going to have so many obstacles come up that make us have that self-clarification, that self-examination. What am I doing? Why am I doing it? And so that's a theme that's always coming up in Srimad Bhagavatam. You know, we read about so many different personalities who are put into situations where they have to re-examine what they're doing and why they're doing it. And I was thinking about how in Chaitanya Charitamrita and the pastimes of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and how there's so many different experiences where Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu meets a certain personality and then just by talking with them really dives deep into what they're doing and why they're doing it. One example is Venkata Bhatt, right? Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu really is pressing him you know, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? Here's the Supreme Personality of Krishna and giving him different Shastra, quoting in Venkatabhad, he realizes something deeper about his spiritual life out of it. And I was also reading about the Patan soldiers, right? the Muslim soldiers. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was traveling with certain devotees, four of them, and there was one Rajputa Krishnadas, King Krishnadas, traveling with them. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in ecstasy of seeing Krishna, fell unconscious. And due to his ecstatic symptoms, you know, sometimes Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, his hairs would stand on end. It looked like he was, you know, his hairs were like Kadamba and, you know, his bodily uh, ripolations. Is that the right word? Horripilations. Foaming of the mouth, tears coming from his eyes like river, like a river. And so Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he fell unconscious in ecstasy. And these Muslim soldiers, the Patan soldiers, they came upon Lord Chaitanya and the four Bengali devotees. <coughs> and they immediately arrested the devotees thinking, these people, they've poisoned the sannyasi. He must have some type of gold. They've poisoned him. They're going to steal, steal his wealth. And the devotees, they were trying to explain themselves. 
Even Krishnadas, the king, he was like, I have a hundred Turkish soldiers, they're right around the corner. All I have to do is yell for them and they'll come and <laughs> fight. He was trying to, you know, persuade them to set them free. But Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu returned to external consciousness, chanting, Hari, Hari. And he saw the soldiers, and the soldiers explained to Mahaprabhu, Oh, we've captured these four rogues. <laughs> They're trying to steal your wealth. <laughs> and Mahaprabhu explained everything to these Patan soldiers. And the leader of the Patan soldiers, who is very saintly, he started, he was, his heart softened. Shri Krishna Raj Goswami says that his heart softened by seeing Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And they started having a conversation with the Lord about the Quran. And it's interesting in this pastime because the Lord uses the Quran to establish that Krishna is a person. The leader of the Patan soldiers was trying to explain the Lord in an impersonal way. And the Lord, using the own scripture of the Patan soldier, explained Krishna consciousness in a very beautiful way. And so the Patan soldiers, they had this whole self-clarification, self-examination of what they were reading in the Quran, why they were doing what they were doing, why they were leading the lives that they were leading in spiritual life. And they became the Patan Sankirtan uh, party. They went throughout the, the, um, the land explaining devotional service. So they, they went on a Sankirtan party. And so in this way, we can see how Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, even we take the examples of great Acharyas, because sometimes we, we look at the Acharyas and they're all perfect to us. Isn't it? They're all on like this. And so for us to relate with some of the acharyas, it's hard because in our daily lives, <clears throat> our daily lives are filled with the self-clarification, the self-examination. It's a real struggle where sometimes you see the acharyas and it's just like, oh, they're all perfected beings <laughs> who are, you know, so in Srimad Bhagavatam, we get Brahma and so many other personalities. And even Arjuna, it's Arjuna, he's on the battlefield of Kurukshetra. He's experiencing lamentation and so many things, but still we understand that he's playing this role by the, by the, um, <clears throat> by the order of the Lord to, so that he can teach the whole world. So f for us to, you know, see how, but then we have the six Goswami lives. Right? connecting with the Acharyas and we see how Jiva Goswami right? Shudarupa Goswami Sanatan Goswami they were approached by this Digvijay Pandit right? this great philosopher who would go from town to town and he would debate with certain people then you would have to sign this um, what is it called? the Vijay Patra? is it called Vijay Patra? where you write down I've been defeated by this Pundit, and you'd sign your name. And so he came to get the signatures of Srila Rupa Goswami and Srila Sanatana Goswami. And due to their humility and wanting just to engage in the service of the Lord and not really waste time debating this philosopher, they just signed their names. But Srila Jiva Goswami, he was next approached by this Digvijay Pundit. He said, See, I've already defeated your uncles. So you should just sign your name. Srila Jiva Goswami, he refused and he knew that I need to perform the service of uh, uh, defending my uncle's honor. Right? I know why they wrote their names down because they don't want to waste time. They're immersed in their bhajan. But Srila Jiva Goswami, he defeated the Digvijay Pandit. But it's interesting how Shri Rupa Goswami, Shri Jiva Goswami was a disciple of Shri Rupa Goswami and would daily serve him by, you know, writing down and editing the works of Shri Rupa Goswami. Shri Rupa Goswami's reaction to this was that, oh, you've succumbed to the false ego. 
right? You've wasted time by debating this philosopher. Now you need time, you need a timeout. You need to go and leave Vrindavan for a little bit because those who live in Vrindavan, they're completely free from the false ego. So to really experience Vrindavan, you have to leave and do some self-clarification and self-examination. Shri Jiva Goswami what went into an alligator hole, right? He, he went into the hole of where alliga- uh, crocodiles, sorry, alligators are in America, crocodiles are everywhere else. So crocodile hole. He went into this crocodile hole and he barely ate. He was doing such self-examination that he became very sickly and very introverted. And Shri Sanatan Goswami, who was very friendly with all the bridge bossies, they approached Shri Sanatan Goswami and said, Shri Jiva Goswami, he's living in a crocodile hole. He's malnourished. He needs some love and compassion. And so Shri Sanatan Goswami went to Shri Rupa Goswami and asked Shri Rupa Goswami, what are, the, what are the teachings of our Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? And Shri Rupa Goswami brought up Jiva Doya, mercy to the Jiva. And Srila Sanatana Goswami said, are you really being merciful to Jiva? Jiva Goswami. And so Srila Rupa Goswami went to see Srila Jiva Goswami, who was doing such intense self-examination. And Srila Rupa Goswami actually fed Srila Jiva Goswami with his own hands and brought him back to full health and you know, gave him so much compassion and love on seeing the determination of his disciple to really, again, purge out all those material emotions. Of course, Srila Jiva Goswami, such an exalted personality, is showing all the rest of us how to act by doing that catharsis, that theoria, that self-clarification and self-examination. So I thought these were some nice points to bring up that I've been meditating on and we can stop here if there's any questions, comments, corrections. Srimati Vrinda Sundari. So just to repeat for those on Facebook that Rinda Sundari was talking about how the uh, duality of Krishna consciousness sometimes is seen that bhakti yoga is seen as sentimental and you know you vent and there's a relishing in uh, right a relishing in that venting like a and then the other side is to you know sometimes seen as repressing the emotions and then to have like a healthy balance between those two and managing 
both of those sides and having that introspective nature going back to self-examination, self-clarification. I also thought it, it, uh, it's nice to bring up the point when, um, you know, the six loving exchanges that we have of revealing one's mind. And when you're venting, I think it also goes back to, you know, the, you know it's like we see that we need to vent sometimes. We need to talk things out. Sometimes devotees are afraid to kind of vent things out because then, not always, but there's like the idea of, oh, Prabhu, Bhagavad Gita says this, or, you know, like you just want to vent out and then people are like ready to like instruct you and give you give you the siddhanta rather than just like, well, no, I just need to like get this out. Can't you just like hear me? And I think it's important for us to, like when we're venting, to go to those who can actually help and listen and you know if if and going to those who are senior going to those who are in you know the higher up ranks when we're venting then they're able to help us from keeping keeping us go into that like self you know like i'm going to relish like my venting but they can actually help us in a nice way rather than to like go to you know somebody who's going to feed that venting oh yeah yeah you know and then you get into like gossip and like really breaks down the venting process because that catharsis that we need to get certain things out so i thought that like if do you want to say something you have here actually is there any chance that we could just move the microphone and the because i I saw that nandasuna does that at night which is like I had the same thought that um, the six loving exchanges facilitates. If we really take six loving exchanges seriously, then um, then we can hear confidentially in a way that we're developing a container of trust so that we do hear when someone's going through something and maybe they're venting. And to also um, maintain that dignity of knowing how to assist them in processing it so that they're not necessarily going into a place that's draining um, and disempowering and, and offensive. Mm-hmm. But, to, but to really be uh, like hearing in confidence and confidentiality and speaking confidentially like you were saying, like to really find that person and also the etiquette of um, what issues we bring to whom and and not just who confidentially, but also people that can um, that are really qualified to, to to speak with about those things. Thanks, Prabhu. So you're talking about. Um, the Patans and Quran. So uh, Prabhupada was always um, explaining to us that um, the followers of uh, Islam and Christianity are also, you know, following uh, to some level bhakti yoga, right? So that means that um, it cannot be a impersonal philosophy, although perhaps practitioners make it impersonal. So does that mean that, uh, uh, as you were saying, Quran is um, actually presenting personal aspect of Godhead? Uh, and um, do you have some research on that? that You okay, Prabhu? So I was just, uh, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, um, he 
doesn't give like an exact verse from the Quran, but he just states in the Quran that it's stated that the Lord has a blackish form and has, uh, and it's, it's interesting because uh, Malcolm X actually used that same, um, same verse from the Quran to show how God is blackish back in the, you know, back in the days. And then um, I know in Jaiva Dharma, there's, um, you know, as Sama Prasprabhu was talking about how Shri the Bhaktivinoda Thakur knows Farsi. He knew so many, uh, he studied the Quran. There's um, a conversation back and forth between um, those who followers of Muslims and the Gaudiya Vaishnavas. And there's some more um, philosophy given there. I, I don't, I haven't gone thoroughly through the Quran. Um, I would say mostly have gone more into Catholicism, mysticism of even Judaism, but I haven't studied Islam much. But if, I don't know if Semi Prasprabhu has any quotes, though, but maybe we can look into it also. Is there anything else? Are there, is there anything online? Did you be known COVID of Corbu? Don't really know exactly how to phrase this question, but <clears throat> um, I'm wondering. I thought it was interesting that you said that whether one is renounced or. Um, living in society, then they still have to do the internal work. And that basically that's the main thing is that one should go deep in their internal life. So I'm wondering what you can say because it seems like just naturally living in the world uh, as a householder makes one less able to go into a deep life because they have so much more to deal with so in that sense, it would be like, why would anyone want to do that? And um, maybe you can speak to this. Well, if I'm honest and looking at my own situation, um, I, I would have to say that it, it depends on the association and it depends on the, the way in which you want to live as a householder. And there's many different ways of living as a householder in ISKCON, in this world. And... I, I don't know, when I reflect on, you know, my decision to transition from Brahmacharya to Grihasta, and then the lessons that I've learned along the way, I often reflect, could I have learned this in the Brahmacharya ashram? And there's certain things that I, I like really realized in Grihasta ashram that I feel like I couldn't, myself, I couldn't, realize in the brahmacharya ashram and of course there's going to be people that realize certain things as a brahmachari as a sannyasi and there's going to be other people that realize certain things as a grihasta you know it's just again it goes back to Srila Prabhupada's purport and eighth canto and gajendra everybody's going to be um, different in how they're dealing with Maya. And, you know, it's declaring war on the illusory energy. How are you going to be best situated in this world to deal with Maya and then enter deeply into Krishna consciousness? <clears throat> Where was I just reading that? I was just reading something. I think it might be a letter from Srila Prabhupada and how 
Or there was a lecture given by Srila Prabhupada on, you know, like you look at the associates of Lord Chaitanya. Oh gosh, where was I reading that? Was it in Srimad Bhagavatam, Third Canto? I have to go back, but he was pointing out like how even Bhaktivinoda Thakur in Jaiva Dharma states how those who are in the Grihastha Ashram, it's a safe place, right? Oh, it was Third Canto. It was um, talking about... Um, oh, yeah. Sorry. I, I've been like reading so many different things. But it's when... Um, Ditti and uh, Kashapa, he, Ditti approaches Kashapa in the evening, and then he's talking about Lord Shiva and how he comes, and then how Kashapa is saying how the wife is uh, the, uh, able to give liberation to the man. There's like flattery words that Kashapa uses to glorify the wife and Shiva Prabhupada in the purports. And so many things are there talking about how Grihasta Ashram, it's very safe because you see that there's, uh, you know, Vishvamitra Muni and so many rishis, they're trying to engage in such austerities and then they fall down. But those who are situated in the Grihasta Ashram and Shri Bhaktivinoda Thakur states specifically in Kali Yuga where, you know, the different ashrams, you know, you can see how the Grihasta Ashram, there's the kind of like a safe place. Shri Prabhupada even talks about how, you know, like brahmachari daddies and so many things like that that can go on because of not having that, huh? Bachelor daddies. Bachelor daddies. So, yeah, I just, but then, you know, going back to that, you know, like my own self-examination that, yeah, I've, I've received so many realizations having a daughter, having a child, and going through so many different struggles in the Grihasta Ashram that personally I feel like, you know, why get engaged in Grihasta Ashram is that um, even astrologically, uh, my life kind of started as I got married and then just learned so many different types of responsibilities and so many things. I don't know if anybody else wants to speak on that, Reverend Sundri. I was just thinking that that's what our brahmachari training is meant to be is that we've gotten we sort of regulated so well and accomplished some depth that we can that when we do go into the next then we have that depth and we have that philosophy in our so much in our consciousness that then we can apply it and then if that depth and training isn't there, then it makes it more difficult. But that's what's interesting is that even if we don't have that training, that in the face of challenge, we are, it's a challenge because we're, we have to go deeper. So I was thinking what Chaitanya Chaitanya was saying the other, other Sunday, is that when we're, when we're faced with challenges, then we're um, prompted to go deeper and broader. So we have to sort of ex expand in our spiritual consciousness in order to deal with more and more material things. But even, you know, the material things, they're not that treacherous and scary when, when we have that expansive spiritual understanding and depth that it, it becomes so simple. After a certain amount of time, it's like, oh, this is not that scary. Oh, okay, Krishna's in control. Like, all the material energy moves moves around the spiritual spiritual energy moves the material so yeah it is there is a lot of possibility for grasses or those dealing with a lot of worldly things to become absorbed in it um it's also an amazing opportunity to really go deeper but how valuable one how valuable it is to have that time before to really get absorbed and and you know learn versus understand the philosophy you know, have relationships with other men um, and peers and go deeper with each other so that when we move into that, then it's a lot, we know where to go. We know where to go inside. I think that 
Shri Mataji Mataji Ki Jai Shri Mataji Ki Jai